Well, folks, as I said before the break, every once in a while we do a journey segment, and uh, we used to do that kind of fairly regularly in the first few years of our show, Um, but I don't know, we've sort of gotten away from them, um, and I don't think it was anything intentional, I think it's just a matter of, you know, do you hear someone's painful story or not, and I don't want to go looking for, you know, painful stories, it's just kind of a weird thing to do. Uh, but every once in a while, I'll hear a story, and I think, man, how does someone process life during that? How does someone process their, their spirituality through this kind of stuff? And uh, Tim uh, kindly shared uh, uh, Linda's story here and, uh, and her husband, and, and um, uh, you know, losing a, a child, I mean, <laughs> there's so many trite things that come into people's head. I mean, first of all, yeah, it, it's horrible. It sucks. It doesn't seem right. It seems unfair. Um, and yet, uh, it, it seems to be something that's survivable. Uh, and in some cases, some families, um, you know, are able to actually uh, breathe again afterwards. Uh, and I don't know if I could ever do that. I've, I've shared this many times on the show over the last 10 years uh, that God and I have this sort of longstanding arrangement. Well, it's probably just me because God, I'm sure, laughs at what I'm about to say. Where I say to God, you know, mess with me all you want, but if you touch my kids, uh, we're divorced. We're done. You know, not a very happy uh, person. So let me set this up. This next uh, almost hour is going to be a a tough one for many people, especially if you are listening and tuning in because you are friends or family of of these two families. Uh, Michelle Stewart, uh, whose husband, uh, Jamie, is uh, the pastor over at KRT. Uh, Michelle recently got the news that uh, her 14-year-old daughter, Emma Grace, has leukemia. And for the last number of weeks, Michelle has been by her daughter's side at Sick Kids Hospital in Toronto. And during her time there, I was speaking to Michelle a little while ago, and I said, you know, have you met any other people at Sick Kids, any other families or any other God people? And uh, she brought up uh, Linda's name. And, uh, and I sort of put it all together eventually uh, that this other family was there with their daughter at Sick Kids, also battling with leukemia. And uh, Mackenzie... Uh, uh, yeah, just passed away a few weeks ago, October 16th. And uh, so now we have two mothers, uh, two daughters, one disease. Uh, one daughter has passed. The other one is in Sick Kids as we speak. And we're going to speak to both of these families today. That's the setup, uh, folks. Uh, now, Linda and I and Tim, uh, we all sort of growed up together at Teen Ranch 150 years ago. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, we've known Linda for quite a long time. Dave uh, just recently met about five minutes ago, I think. Um, and so let's let's talk about your journey first, and then we'll get Michelle on the phone uh, in about 20 minutes or so, uh, because she's, she's still down at Sick Kids. Um, so first of all, thank you for agreeing to come and share and, and talk through this, because not everybody can do this, and I understand but I also, as I said to you earlier, I just, there's, it just seems to be so often the case that, you know, we have to, people feel like they have to wait until things are cleaned up and sterilized and looking shiny and happy again before they share the story. Mm-hmm. 
Now, this was a month ago or under a month ago that your, your, your daughter passed away. So let me start with this. Dave, mm-hmm. um, I never met Mackenzie. What was she like? Well, she was a, a joy to parents. She was a, a, a beautiful, bright light in our lives that, who um, embraced life, um, who loved her family, loved her brother unconditionally. Like, and we'll talk more about their relationship. She was uh, a very artistic child. Um, and she just, she was a quiet but confident soul. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we, we remarked when she was really young and, and, and she was playing with uh, other kids or we'd take her to a, a place where a bunch of kids were playing. She would sit on the sidelines and just kind of observe for a while before she engaged and she would kind of read the room she'd read the characters and she'd figure out early on who you know she wanted to get close to who maybe needed a little uh, comfort and and uh, she was a, a, a comforting soul uh, throughout her life she found kids um, and and just brought them under her wing and was she cheeky was she mischievous was she a little stinker? I mean, she's got Linda in her, so come on. <laughs> that was coming. Yeah. We started to see moments of it, you know, as, mm-hmm. she, as she was maturing in the last couple of years. You could see, you know, that, that, that quiet, confident cheekiness yeah. come up. Yeah. Uh, but, but she was... Uh, she was respectful. Yeah. Was she? But she was, yeah, she was very respectful, but she was fun. Yeah, she knew where the limits were and, and understood them. We had a very... Um, Mackenzie and I were really close even before she got sick. Um, Somebody was just commenting me how close we were, and, uh, and she said that even before she got sick, your guys are really tight. And, um, and so through the journey, we got tighter. So I, I would see pieces of my personality coming out in her as we, because we spent day in, day out in the hospital together for a lot of time. So, yeah. yeah. You know what? The first thing that hits me in this conversation is that using past tense words is now a new normal for you. Yeah, it's tough. Right? That's just weird. Sometimes I do. Sometimes I, I don't. Like sometimes. sometimes sometimes I just choose not to. Yeah. You know, especially when I'm talking to her brother. Like we use, like sometimes we use she is. Yeah. Because I just think she's um, still very alive in us and, and alive. Mm-hmm. I, when I look at Jamie, she's just very alive in him. We, we still admit, you know, and we've, we've told Jamie, we are still a family of four. The influence that Mackenzie has had on his life, on our life, it, you know, will last him his lifetime. Mm-hmm. So even though he is now, you know, and he said, you, you know, he's sort of spoken out and said, look, I, I'm now a single child. Mm-hmm. And you know what? He's not. He is sort of, but he has so much of Mackenzie. He spent the first 10 years of his life having the most incredible relationship with another person his age who was there for him, who was compassionate towards him. What was the age difference? Uh, 20 23 and a half months yeah. so almost oh, two wow. years yeah two very years. close yeah yeah and they just Mackenzie was just very gentle very gentle soul and she just really um, I've always said that Jamie with a different older sibling would be different yeah mm-hmm. and uh, she was just really gentle it took her a long time before she actually stood up to him I remember I used to actually put have to put him in time out because she would crawl up on him and hurt her or probably she would crawl he would crawl up on her and hit and uh, and hurt her and right. so um, I used to put him in time out because he just was Jamie, to this day, he's super active and just, yeah. and Mackenzie's just very thoughtful and gentle. Like when yeah. he got in trouble, um, she, I would find her with him, comforting him. 
you know, and it would be because he uh, because he had hurt her and yeah. then she'd be up comforting him. And I'm like, you're missing the point. Like, you don't do that. You know, like come out of the room or whatever. And um, so they just and, and he's he's taken a lot of those traits on mm-hmm. and the way he interacts with other people. He's become very gentle and he's um, very compassionate. Yeah, yeah. very compassionate. Amazing. OK, so what were the signs? That, that that something was not uh, right here with Mackenzie. Uh, so Mackenzie always used to get up at seven o'clock in the morning, and uh, very and after like one week, she just started sleeping until eight thirty, and it was like I was dragging her out of bed to go to school. Um, she started to look really tired, bags under her eyes. Um, then um, she started to have she was complaining of uh, bone pain, and um, and then we took her to the doctor and. Um, uh, initially, they they just put her in physiotherapy because they thought it was just a physiotherapy problem. Right. Um, after a few weeks, uh, I took her down to Sick Kids. I, I got some blood work taken, um, and there were some weird markers on her blood work. I took her down to Sick Kids. Initially, uh, they thought it was a virus because she hadn't really declared herself. So we went Hold home. Hold on, she hadn't declared herself. What does that mean? Um, like she, her blood work was just not um, AML is a tough. It's it's not a particularly easy diagnosis. Okay. So her blood work wasn't completely askew. Um, and then um, acute myeloid leukemia, and she had a specific type called M7, so they call it acute megakaryoblastic leukemia. So it's a big word. Anyways, it's just AML. Um, So uh, then we went back the following week, and um, within 24 hours they said she's got leukemia. And who told you? How did they tell you? Were you both there? Was it a doctor's office to sit down? We need to tell you something kind of a thing? or? Uh. Well, after we'd had 75 different medical professionals come in and out of our ER, you know, private room that we were in at the time for for diagnosis. And, um, you know, Linda, of course, being the the RN that she is, she's not only looking at the people, but she's looking at the badges and the different departments they represent. Mm. And as, uh, you know, once uh, pediatrics, you know, of course, was in there, and once oncology, you know, the cancer uh, department. Hematology, oncology. Yeah, yeah. we're coming in. You know, Linda's really, so she's following this before they've said a word. And, uh, and so did she say to you, Dave, I, I think it, it's leukemia? I mean, would you say something like so, that? So, no. So they, so I never saw, I'm a cardiac nurse and I'm an adult nurse. So I just, it never even crossed my grid. Like I never, I right. never saw it coming. And then um, probably about three hours before the diagnosis, one of the doctors said to me, it's either lupus or leukemia. And um, because of some of the results that were coming back and, you know, in your head, you're thinking, OK, what do I want? What am I praying for? You know, like really like what's what's less what's going to be less, you know, not as bad. And, and so you're kind of going back and forth. And um, and then one of the doctors came in and um, he was wanting to talk to us and talk to us about because she needed blood products because her, her her counts were really low. So like her platelets were down and her hemoglobin was down. So he needed to we were going to have to transfuse her and he wanted to talk about that. And it was just really funny because he came in and he was kind of meeting us. And then another doctor walked in and she said to him, um, can I speak to you for a second? And he goes, yes, I'm just meeting the family. And she goes, no, no, um, can I speak to you outside? And um, and as soon as, she, and I was trying to read her name tag and she didn't come in close enough so that I could see. <laughs> and he stepped out for a second and then he came back in and he goes, yeah, nice meeting you. Take care. Bye. And that was it. And he left. And then she said, I need to speak to you. And I thought they know what the diagnosis is mm-hmm. and... I the thought, baton was passed. Yeah, yeah. the right yeah. department. And I thought was we're engaged. I thought we're in trouble. And uh, so yeah. she said, "I'm just looking for a room to sit you down." And then basically, um, they didn't really have a room, so they told us kind of in the back of the nurses' station. And I, uh, you know, and and oh, because I'm years. yeah, because I'm the medical professional, like you know, Dave's looking at me and he's going like, "What does this mean?" Yeah. And I just I just started to 
I just started to bawl. And uh, Dave, like, I'm pretty strong. And uh, Dave's just looking at me going, uh, I don't know what this means, but... But if you're reacting this yeah, way, this is like the fact that plan. I started to fall apart. And uh, Dave was just looking at me shocked. And, and then I, my mom was there with us, too. And so Dave went back in the room, and um, I didn't go back in. Dave went back in the room, and then Dave, Mackie was really, really sleepy. Hmm. So she wasn't really aware of all the stuff that was going on. And then my mom came out, and I had to tell my mom, and that was pretty awful. When do you tell Mm -hmm. Mackie? Like, when do and and it would be your, they they wouldn't do that. It would be up to you to tell her, correct? And how do you tell her? Well, what do you tell her? It took a few days. We, we, you know, well, the doctor told her right away that she was going up to 8A, Mm -hmm. so that she, and that there would be bald kids up on 8A. Um, and I don't think they actually told her, uh, they told her that we were, we were in the process cause we had to do a bone marrow aspirate the next day. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he said, there's a lot of testing that's going to happen over the next few days. And, you know, we're going to try to figure yeah, out what we're trying to is. figure out what's going on. And then kind of after all that testing happened was when, um, we sat down with her and talked to her and, and um, how did she respond? She initially started to cry because we said that she had leukemia. We didn't call it cancer. We called it leukemia. And, uh, but she, she, she wouldn't know what that is. Uh, not really. No, she wouldn't really. She just, no, she wouldn't. Like we had to explain to her that it was a disor- disorder of the blood. Yeah. Um, and uh, so we talked to her and she started to cry right away. And I just said to her, Mackie, I said, you know what? We are with you. We are going to be with you. Like I said, through all of this, I said, because yeah. you know, with AML, they stay in for six months, pretty much like you don't get much time out. Um, so the treatment is kind of somewhere between six and seven months. And, um, and I just said to her, Mackie, like, we're here with you. Daddy or mommy will be with you every step of the way. We'll never leave you alone. And of course, her next questions are, well, you know, what about school? And what about church? And, and, mm-hmm. and it's, Mackie, we're staying here and we're going to get you well. Right. Mm-hmm. That was kind of the take home message. No matter what, we're going to do what it takes and you are not alone. Mm-hmm. And so she was really yeah. good. Once we said to her, "You're not alone," and I said, "We're going to be here with you," and uh, she, she kind of freaked. She yeah, trusted. she kind of freaked at the six months. She yeah. said, "She said I'm going to be here for six months," and she said, "What about Jamie?" And we said, "We'll have him come in," mm-hmm. um, you know. And, and she loves. It. She's got a dog. We have a dog named Mr. Darcy, and so um, you know, we, we we snuck him in through the parking garage and brought her down and stuff. <laughs> so we did little things. Do you remember the moment that Mackie? Can I yeah. use mm-hmm. the hip yeah, term yeah, here? Yeah. Um, do you remember the moment that Mackie? was aware that she was not going to live uh it oh, was yeah. actually yeah it was the the morning bef- the morning that she died it so was about quick. seven hours before she died yeah so this is fast forward now 17 months yeah um to october 15th we found out after a, a very complicated weekend of of her health getting a little more unstable and some things going on um, th- we finally sat down with the, the staff uh, oncologist and, and bone marrow transplant uh, staff guy, and he said, the cancer's back. And so this is just Linda and myself in a, in a room, yeah. Mackenzie's, you know, uh, on her own. And, uh, and so we had to process that and walk through that process. And, and we knew, you know, in, in, in the midst of the discussion, we knew that this was an unbeatable cancer. It had mm-hmm. defied medical logic. It, they had done everything that they knew they could do. And it was, you know, it, it not only came, you know, came back because uh, it, it, she had went into remission, uh, but, you know, we went through radiation and chemo and bone marrow transplant, and we were really hoping that the cancer was gone, mm-hmm. and then it came back. And so we, you know, we, we, we faced that news, and we talked to, to palliative, and we more or less said no heroic measures because we knew the cancer would bring a great deal of pain. She was already more complicated. 
um, with other issues. And, um, and renal failure was, uh, which is, a, you know, the kidneys shutting down. And, and Linda knew, thankfully, for her medical knowledge, she knew that this was a very gentle way to go. Mm. And really, out of the choices of how one might die, this was a very gentle way. And so instead of... They told of, us that. They, they yeah. said to us, like, I knew, she was, I knew she was in renal failure, and uh, because of what was going on with her liver, was pushing her kidneys into failure. And so um, they said to us, we can, we can look at trying to elongate her life right. and give you... But um, Mackenzie's cancer had been very painful. There have been m- multiple things that had gone on that had just been really, really painful. And they did the best to keep it under control. But her bone pain was absolutely uncontrollable. And uh, we had her on huge amounts of drugs. And she was a really stoic kid. Like she just, if she was shrieking, like it was uncontrollable. Like people say bone pain is uncontrollable, and it is. So um, when they told us that, um, they told us that she was palliative, and I said, and very quickly, because Dave and I had had some really tough conversations because of my background, I said, like, we had talked. I'd always told Dave that I have a very low threshold for torturing a child. Like yeah. I said, you know, I, I, it's just really important to me. Like I said, beyond, we know where she's going. She's, she's, we know her faith, and we know where she's going. And I said, I will not torture this child. And but, Dave but help and I me, talked about that. Help me understand this. Uh, the morning, uh, right. like... Because so the, the original 50th. question was, uh, yeah. yes. you know, when did Mackenzie know mm-hmm. that she was going to die? Yes. And you said it wasn't until the morning of the day she died. Right. Yeah, because we were still on aggressive therapy, and they thought they didn't think her. They were hoping that her cancer wasn't back. Yeah, but and hold then, on. And then but, we found on the fifteenth. But Linda, the the logistics of the the uh, um, sort of the anatomy and physiology, uh, the physiological mm-hmm. explanation of of her dying. Mm-hmm. I I guess I get that. Oh, but but when it comes to um, did you tell her? Did you yeah. say mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you are? I mean, how do you yeah. say to your daughter you are going to die? How do you say that? So about three nights before, um, Mackenzie had said to me, she, she, her, she, the pain had been coming back, and she had said to me, Mommy, I think the cancer's back, and I'm scared. And I said to her, Mac, I said, you know we're with you every step of the way. And I said, we'll deal with whatever happens. We'll deal with it. And I said, you know, we're not going to borrow trouble until we know that the cancer's back. Then we'll deal with it. And um, and so then the so of. on the uh, so on the Tuesday morning on the sixteenth, uh, October sixteenth, we were sitting, you know, because she had already had that conversation a few mm-hmm. days before. And then, David, we talked to the palliative care team and we said, you know, how do we help? What do we do? Do we tell her or do we not tell her? And the palliative care team's recommendation was that we tell her. So we sat her up and I sat behind her because she couldn't sit up very well. And I was I was sitting behind her and she was leaning on me and Dave was in front of her. And he and we had discussed it, and Dave and I had agreed that we were going to tell her. And he just said, Mackenzie, you know how you asked Mommy a few days ago that if the cancer was back? I'm going to cry. <laughs> Sorry. So I said, Mackenzie, the cancer is back. And we said, this is a battle that we cannot win. She said, do it, I have to do another five rounds of chemo? Like she was ready to do it, ready to do another five rounds. And we said, no, Mackenzie. This battle cannot be won, and it's time to stop fighting. And she said, what then? She and, said, am and, I and dying? And her eyes opened up. You know, she was under a fair bit of medication to keep her com- comfortable. Mm-hmm. Her eyes opened wide, and, and not a panic, but just, I, re- I, I got to open up here and be as clear thinking as possible to ask this question. Am I going to die? She asked that? She asked that. Yeah. And we said, what yes. What then? Am I going to die? And we said, yes, Mackenzie. It's time Yep. to go home and be with Jesus. And we had talked to the palliative care team about why kids won't let go. 
And uh, that's a great conversation. Yeah. Wow. So I specifically um, hit a lot. Like I said to her, I said, Mackenzie, I said, as soon as you close your eyes here, I said, Jesus is waiting for you at the gates of heaven with his arms open. I said, he's waiting. And I said, he loves you and he cares for you. And as much as daddy and I love you, he loves you so much more. Hmm. He's he's there for you. I said, so I said, we will miss you so much, but we will celebrate your life. And I said, we're going to have times when we're sad, but we're going to be happy too. And I said, Jamie and, and mommy and daddy, we're going to remember you and we're going to celebrate your life. And, uh, and, I, and, and then I Linda just, said, you know, for you, you know, mm-hmm. it's going to be just a moment and we're going to join you. Mm-hmm. For us, we're going to have to wait a long time. It's going to be hard for us, but in a, in a, in a blink of an eye, we're going to be there with you. So from that conversation, that was in the morning of the 16th? So, so she o'clock? settled in yeah. after that? She yeah. just settled into Linda's come, arms? Yeah, she settled right just into me and just relaxed. And then she woke up about an hour later. And I, was, I had crawled up from behind her, and I was kind of lying beside her. And I said, Mackie, I said, are you scared? And she said, no, Mommy, I'm not scared. And uh, it's yeah. really interesting because the next day after she – the next Sunday after she passed, um, the, uh, the sermon was about people running from God. Hmm. And from the moment that we told her that she was dying, like, I just got the total opposite. I, I just said she was running to Jesus. Like, she was absolutely running to Jesus. It was just there was no stopping her, and she was going. She went fast. Yeah, like and, she, and they couldn't believe. 24 hours of us hearing the diagnosis, mm-hmm. she was gone. gone. We heard at 530, 5.30 on Monday. She was gone, gone at 5:30 by 5.30. On Tuesday. Yeah, 5.28. And actually, yeah. and, and we told her at 10, 1030 yeah. in the morning. Yeah. So, I mean, it was. Yeah. She just, Seven, she just absolutely shut down. She like just, it was just unbelievable yeah. to watch, and we just and and we, it, it was yeah. peaceful. Like yeah. the, the and she died peacefully. She was surrounded. Linda was on one side. I was on the other. Jamie, of course, we had him brought um, down uh, even the night before. We had her baptized the night before, which is a whole another beautiful story of the community oh coming around us. Yeah. It was something Amazing. she wanted to do, and we were going to do when she got home yeah. mm-hmm. in her home church, but uh, we did it there. But there she was. You know, we were praying over her in her last moments. We were singing over her. Linda and I both loved to sing and, and sing to her. And, um, and you know, you could see her becoming more and more labored in those last moments. Mm-hmm. And I just said, Mackenzie, it's okay. It's time to let go. And she did. Go home to Jesus. Seconds later. Mm-hmm. She was surrounded by Linda and me and Jamie. There were others in the room too. Mm-hmm. But it was a blessed moment. It was beautiful. And I had asked for very clear direction because my thing was always, I just need to know that we're doing the right thing. I need to know that there's no other options, that there's yeah. no other treatment. Yeah. And um, there was no, there was no, there was nothing. No second and she, guessing. Yeah, and Good. she just, she totally... Um, like the team couldn't believe how fast she went, and and fortunately the night before, when when one of the when they had told us that she was palliative, one of the doctors took me aside, who I have a really um, a good friendship with, and he said to me, Linda, when AMLs relapse, he goes they go down, they can go downhill like they're on roller skates. Right. He goes they can go so fast, and so he said, can you get your son in? And so that's why we we got Jamie in on the on October fifteenth, and my parents came in, and then we got all of Dave's family in, and then we called our our. Uh, our pastor and he came in and baptized her and it was amazing it was beautiful yeah cause it sounds like quite a gift you were given it really Absolutely. does I, that's you know i don't i'm always cautious about 
what to say because people we all say the stupidest things in these sort of scenarios you know we're going to speak momentarily to michelle stewart mm-hmm. whose daughter is still in sick kids mm-hmm. a 15 year old young girl and uh, you of course know this family and met them down there uh, and Michelle and I have talked this week about some things that people say. You just even random people overhearing conversations in Starbucks, and you sit there and, and you you just want to slap them, you know. So better to say nothing at all. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, than but, to say the wrong thing. Yeah. Well. Yeah. So, but that's never been a gift of mine. So let's move <laughs> forward. Um, okay. I'm bugged about this. I'm. I'm angry about this. I understand God is God and God can do what he wants to do and it's it's you know it's his world or his uh, plan. I get all that. Mm-hmm. But this is not fair. This is so not stinking fair. Whoever said life was fair? Right. Hold on. <laughs> um You know what we 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 never wrestled with the why. Why me? Why her? Why not us? Why not her? We always took that approach because, you know... But where does that come from? Because, I, I, I well, interviewed a girl in Australia who's, who uh, they just had a baby born, whole and heart, was in the hospital for six months, and we were praying and praying and praying and praying and praying. Baby dies, baby rose, and I interviewed, and, and they said the same thing. I said, do you ever sit there and go, why me? And she said, well, why not me? What makes us so special? Now, there's the name it and claim it crowd out there that says, you guys, uh, you are children of the king and you're, you know, God, you know, blah, blah, blah. And this sort of thing is, is, is Satan stealing, uh, you know, from, and you should, you know, we need, to, we need to claim and we need to stand up and rise up against and bind in the name of blah, 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 blah. And we did. I think all of that was done. Like, because you're so desperate. Oh, absolutely. Right? That you will try anything to save your kid's life, including... Some things that theologically you go, yeah, I'm not really, yes? Uh, I Throughout don't know. that, no, I God felt, you we know, stayed. we felt that God continually was pulling us back to the Garden of Gethsemane. You know, if you think about Jesus who said, look, if, if, if this doesn't have to happen to me, let it pass, right? Yeah. But if it has to happen, your will be done. And, mm-hmm. and that, it, you know, there were times in our desperation and in our, our enthusiasm to try to keep Mackenzie with us and, and to realize everything for her life that we have as parents for her, uh, sometimes there was great hesitation to footnote our prayer with, but your will be done. Mm-hmm. And I don't know where that strength came from, but God carried us through this, and we just felt that we needed to continually surrender you know hold mm-hmm. mckenzie with open hands we're holding her but we don't understand the whys and we don't know your plan we not on the side of of heaven you know it'll all come to okay it'll all become clear someday dave you said something a second ago and i just yeah. want to touch on this just briefly okay you said um you know god has gotten us through this god has you know been our strength and, mm-hmm. and, and i understand that but i I, the pushback to that is, how do you know it was God getting you through this? Maybe you guys are just the, the fabric of people that you are has meant that, uh, you know, you're just that couple that has this strength and you're able to uh, persevere. I mean, how do you know it was, it's been God getting you through this? I, I think uh, for me, um, I, just the community that came around us was mm-hmm. unbelievable. Our church community and the people um, just – you know, it's not coincidence that um, there's just people who are specifically designed to walk through 
this kind of a journey with you. And yeah. they were just um, like, like I have, Connie, I have Connie Allardyce's of the, the world. Connie Allardyce's, the Nirvana's, <laughs> the you know, just Rebecca's, like just people who my sister was just phenomenal. Mm-hmm. My my parents were like you know incredible. My girlfriend at work, Margaret, was wonderful. Like there was just so many people who just absolutely um, were phenomenal. Like they just they came alongside of us and and uh, my workplace. Yeah, like, Dave's work. Like it just I mean, was we could sit there like Hebrews eleven and just list off the number of people who had faith for us and who mm-hmm. um, stepped in to um, de-stress our lives so that we could focus on Mackenzie. I mean, my workplace gave me the gift of time to be with my daughter. I mean, we we're all hoping she'd get out on the other side, but now looking back, it's like you gave me the gift of being there for Mackenzie and you paid my salary and you, you know, producers just stepped in, uh, you know, colleagues to, um, to cover for me. And they did. And neighbors, you know, our church came and cut our lawn every week and people brought food, food um, you know, anything that was busy, you know, and and they thought of Jamie, you know, Mm -hmm. people, you know, at work, they bought Jamie, uh, Mackie and iPad and Jamie and iPod Touch because you know don't forget the sibling you know they said yeah that's and, important and, and that's a whole another backstory right yeah, it's yeah. it's amazing um, okay so support and the you know it was just we just felt you know people were strong for us when we were weak and people prayed for us when but, we but, had no words Dave, to pray Dave is this not just good people is it not just good humans being nice i mean because i'm I'm sort of playing devil's advocate here at the risk of being a real pain in your butt which is a spiritual gift of mine um you know how how do you discern uh, god Mm -hmm. being the one who is sustaining you versus nice human beings god's promises in his word i think and and texting um was such a blessing because you know friends would just fire in little scriptures or little prayers or little kind of things that they were you know felt um that were important and and you know we had a we had a a big poster on the wall we'd write scriptures down that just helped us gain some perspective and they were you know they were truths whether we wanted to believe them or not yeah that's well said yeah well said you know honestly i don't think i'm like this this is not this is not the way that I thought I would respond to this. Mm-hmm. What do you mean? I, I just, I mean, I don't, I'm not this strong. I really am not this strong. Like, this is very much supernatural God um, being with us and even our relationship, like Dave and I, people specifically praying behind and and, um, and just Dave and I are very different. We look at things very differently. The way that we have been united through this is, is just, it's all God. Mm-hmm. Um, people sp- specifically praying into our relationship, you know, and just holding us up. Like, I just... I, I did not think that I would respond this way. We've never been closer. Yeah. And just, you know, I just, my sister told me, and like even just, my girlfriend came in, Nirvana came in the morning that she was, that we had just told her that she was dying. And Nirvana came in and she said, Linda, I have to pray for healing. Mm-hmm. And she prayed for healing. And uh, afterwards she looked at me and she said, I'm sorry, I just have to keep praying. I'm still hoping that God is going to heal her. And I looked at her and I said, Nirvana, can't you see she is being healed? And that is not, I, I'm just, I'm just a normal person who responds in normal ways to situations, and I just, um, I don't know. Like God just really walked walked with us through this, and just gave us the strength and the mm-hmm. people that we needed, and mm-hmm. the verses. Like I used to wake up in the morning, and my girlfriend Becca would have uh, scripture on my phone. Like I'd, I'd wake up to scripture on my phone, 
You know, just, you know, I'm thinking of you, I love you, and here's a verse. Nice. You know, nice. and just incredibly special things that people yeah. did. And, um, and God just, I never thought of myself as an optimist, but I just, you know, I chose to believe that um, I, I got a beautiful 12 years with this child. Mm-hmm. And she was amazing. She was absolutely amazing. And I'm happy for that. You know, I wish. God wanted her back. We had her on loan. Yeah. He's his, you know, she's his child. She's not my child. And he took her back. And and, uh, and I understand that. I understand that. I don't know what the canvas looks like that he's painting. I can only see, you know, I, I'm, I'm not uh, just God is going to be glorified through this. I can already see so many things that he is being glorified. And, um, Something that's come out of this. I mean, there's so many things and we yeah. could spend hours doing it, but we, we went public early on. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we had such a close community with our neighbors, with our church community, with um, our family, with, you know, everybody. So in my, our workplaces, when, when this happened, I wanted them to know. I didn't want it to be th- heard through the grapevine. So we, you know, sent out a big group email. We had a, everyone's email addresses in our neighborhood. We had everybody at church. We had everybody... Um, you know, at work, and I made sure my workplace sent it to every, you know, I listed off, I mean, in the midst of my grief, I'm sitting there rhyming off, make sure you get this department, that department, that department, you know, I wanted everybody to know, because I wanted everyone to journey with us. And so, um, through this, um, and, and, and we established, you know, a, a few people said, you know, get yourself onto caringbridge.org, which is a great way of you write one email, people sign up for it, and then it goes out, you know, it's, it's great yeah. for those who are going through grief, and they can communicate. And so it's not only an opportunity for us to give updates, and it became updates for areas in which to pray, mm-hmm. but they, would, they could also write back. And so we had this 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 uh, back and forth of people praying for us, people giving us verses, people giving us encouragements directly to Mackenzie, directly to us. Um, we were journeying through this, not alone, but mm-hmm. it, as a community, a community that cared and believed and held us up. Mm-hmm. Okay. Wow. Well, um, Dave and Linda, you guys are um, freaks. <laughs> and I mean that in the nicest of ways, mm-hmm. because I, you, it's inspirational. It's puzzling. It's, um, it's uh, well, I think that's just it. It's inspirational and still puzzling. Uh, you know, as outsiders, every parent looks at you guys and goes, "How do you, how do you get through this kind of thing? How do you move past it?" And you know, there's the God component. Okay, I get the faith and everything, but. But how do you get through this, and how do you get past it? And I think what I'm hearing from you is that um, your faith uh, just kind of took on a life of its own. In other words, Mm -hmm. um, uh, there's an unexplainability here. You guys are probably looking at each other going, I I don't know. I don't know. This is typically not. I don't. You, Linda, you just said this. This is not me. I'm, I'm not typically like this, and I can mm-hmm. see God's hand on us, whether it be through people loving on us or whether it be through, you know, our reaction to all of this as well. All right. Let's uh, just before we go to uh, to Michelle. And boy, did that uh, half hour just fly by. Mm-hmm. Um, um, 
I, when my mom died, I was 21, died of cancer, and it was on the same night my son was born. And it was a weird time, weird time. But I remember having a dream maybe three times since my mom has died. So that's 23 years ago. Three times. Vivid. Real. She was alive. As a matter of fact, the dream was, wait, isn't that my mom in the mall? And I would go and find her, and we'd talk, and then I'd go back to who, my dad or whatever and go, why the heck didn't you tell me she was still alive? You know, just vivid mm-hmm. kind of stuff. You know, weird and crazy, but vivid. Yeah. Have, you, have you dreamt like that? Mm-hmm. It, it, Not yet. No. Not yet. And, and, you know, Linda and I sit there at the end of uh, you know, our, the evening, and we just look at each other, and we just say, is there another shoe to drop here? Um, there is a deep sadness yeah. that Mackenzie is gone, yeah. and there are moments that we cry, and there are moments that are are difficult. But there is a deeper peace that has fallen on us. Yeah, that's what I. There. That's the key thing I get and out of just, this interview. Yeah, we deep just, sadness, we but deeper peace. Yeah, mm-hmm, we don't know why. And also, we're, I mean, we do know why. We do know why. But yeah. Thank you, Lord. Yeah. But we're also um, we're moving forward. Um, we're trying to be positive and moving forward, and and we've we've created our our charity, Mackenzie's Hope. Can I? Uh, I, I want to. We got to go to Michelle, but yep, I, yep. I just want to uh, highlight something that is important in these sorts of conversations. There is no book, no, on how to grieve. No. There are suggestions. There are mm-hmm. helpful, you know, hints. Uh, hints. Uh, helpful suggestions for people. There are books. People have written about it. There's support groups, et cetera, et cetera. But, you know, your journey is not going to be the same as Michelle's. Mm-hmm. It's not. No, it's not. Let alone any other person. Mm-hmm. Um, I, man, I, I just, I, it's so good to hear that you guys have, have bonded as a result of this mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. so oftentimes you know we hear we hear the other thing right it really has an impact on marriage yeah. on mm-hmm. marriage